Hey, this is Dan Savage from the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! Hey, Magic fans, and welcome to uh, this episode of Penny for Your Thoughts, the podcast of the Orlando Magic UK. As always, I'm joined by Grant Jones. G, how are you doing, pal? Very good, thank you, mate. Uh, very excited to uh, get one of the big personalities of the uh, Magic organisation today. So we're very looking forward to this one. <laughs> <laughs> and Mikey Clark. Mikey, how are you doing? I'm all right, mate. Quick question. Any injuries yes. this week? Nothing at all. All good. I'm not. I'm off the injury report. So well, I'll explain that to you, George. <laughs> so uh, what happened? Put, what happened? You guys are getting hurt over there too. It's trickling over. It's trickling uh, over it's, the ocean. <laughs> yeah, we have our, we, <laughs> Mikey, I'll let you go. Well, you say it. Well, I was just going to say. Um, so now you haven't had any injuries. Is it? Is it fair to say, as you put in our group last week, it's now cured, your new. You're now cured bacon. Cured bacon, yes, mate, yes. <laughs> and and now you're also on a three podcast appearance streak. Yeah. <laughs> now you're off of Mr. B's uh, concussion protocol. Yes, yes. Uh, George, just to let you know, in the past three weeks, I've uh, broke my nose, gave myself concussion from hitting my head on a extractor fan, and also cut through my uh, little finger uh, nail with some wire cutters. So and uh, this is why... Uh, oh, and, and, and your and, uh, calf. Yeah, I ended up my calf, kicking um, a, well, not kicking, but deliberately, accidentally scuffing on a uh, tree root, which uh, injured Jeez. my calf as well. So, you so yeah. Keep your head um, down, I've, Paul. Paul, you got to lower your head. <laughs> you lower your head down. I won't mind, but I'm less than six foot. So, how the hell I do it? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from the story of my inability to stay out of injuries uh this week we are joined by a really special guest uh a man who's in his 26th season with the orlando magic currently serving as senior director of communications familiar face to many of us and voice as one of the co-hosts of the team's official podcast the magic the orlando magic pod squad also co-host of magic overtime with uh sorry drive time wasn't it magic drive time no that's not the with, show's drive time. there's so many shows yeah. paul it gets, yeah <laughs> it gets was it magic overtime it was magic overtime yeah, yeah. It was magic overtime so it's a huge welcome to george galante george thank you for joining us we really do appreciate this no thank you guys i, t- I told you before we started recording like my kids are very impressed that i'm on a pod a podcast in uh in england they're very they're very impressed so i gotta i gotta put put my best foot forward here <laughs> so before we move on we always like to do this would you mind just going through a little bit about yourself and uh your role with the team so people who don't know you get to know you a little bit better uh sure yeah like you said this is my uh this is my 26th year uh with the organization which is uh which is crazy to think about when uh when you take a step back um i started as an intern uh in the summer of 1994 uh, in the communications department, Alex Martins was actually the director of communications at that point. Um, and I was an intern and that just happened to be, uh, the year that we first went to the finals, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, Penny Hardaway, uh, that whole crew. And it was a good time to, uh, to be in the organization. Uh, it was growing at, at a, at a really alarming rate. Like we were, we were hiring a lot of people cause we were just, we were, 
we were skyrocketing at that point. Um, and I ended up, I actually was up for two jobs at one point when coming off of my internship. And it was, uh, it was a job with the magic as a, as a coordinator in the, in the PR department. Uh, and then we also were bringing on the solar bears, which was a minor league hockey team. We actually, we have the solar bears now, which is a minor league hockey team. But at that, at that point in 1995, it was in the international hockey league. And so there was a, a, a PR job open with the solar bears and I was up for both positions and I ended up not getting the magic job uh, because they had given, you know, they had a few interns that had left before me. I, I was just 21 at the time. And there was a couple of interns that had left before me that I'm sure that, you know, obviously made a good impression on them. And they, you know, if they had any openings, they would, they would bring them back in. So uh, I didn't get the magic job, which at first I was really disappointed about. Uh, but I did get the job with the hockey team, which was still in the, uh, you know, in the umbrella, so to speak. And I did four years with the hockey team, uh, which was great. It ended up actually being a, a blessing because I got to do, we had a much small, you know, it's a, the staff of a minor league hockey team is about an eighth of what it is for a, for an NBA or an NHL or big, big uh, club. And so I got to do so many more things that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do if I would have had that magic job. You know, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to control a budget or make a media guide from scratch. You know, I was a department of one. Mm -hmm. And so it was uh, just the opportunity to do things and to get experience yeah. under my belt for when the time did come uh, in 1990, gosh, my, all my years run together now, 1998, when there was an opening, Alex Martins had actually left uh, the magic to go take a job with the Cleveland Browns and Joel Glass, who is still here, who's the chief communications officer, he was promoted to, uh, to the head of the department and that left an opening, uh, in his old role. And I was fortunate enough to, you know, at that point I felt confident that I could do the job and I went for the job and I, I, you know, I had the advantage of being in the organization already for four years. Uh, and I got that job and I've been doing it ever since. So it's, uh, I've gotten to see a lot of very, very cool things and been a part of uh, some good teams and some not good teams. And uh, I, I feel like I've seen, well, that's not true. Like I, I say this every time. It's like, well, what else could I possibly, you know, experience or do? And then it just, this game and this life just proves to me every day. It's like, well, like you haven't seen everything yet. Like you haven't seen a pandemic or you haven't, you know, like you haven't gone through this and that. And so you haven't, you haven't done press conferences over zoom. And so it's, it's, uh, it's been a real blessing to have this job, um, for, for 26 years now. And hopefully, uh, I can keep it until they, they get tired of seeing my face. So that's the plan. There's been some huge challenges for you, and we're going to come on to some of those in a bit, because uh, we do want to find out more. Um, what we'll do now is we'll have a quick roundup of Magic News for the week. Um, I don't suppose result-wise it's been that brilliant, but we'll come on to that in a moment. Uh, we'll start with the injury list as normal. No change to Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. Uh, Otto Porto has been out with a foot injury. Michael Carter-Williams has been out with um, an ankle injury. He's like likely to miss multiple games. Uh, Terence Ross is listed as day-to-day, -day, uh, questionable with back spasms. James Ennis III is also listed day-to-day -day and questionable with a calf injury. And finally, we uh, lost Wendell Carter Jr. for the visit of the Pelicans, uh, and he's now listed as day-to-day -day also with uh, an ankle issue. Uh, 
Um, Robert Franks signed to a second day, uh, a second 10 day contract. I'll put my teeth in and get things right. Um, he's been playing quite well, I think. I think he's uh, earned that second contract. So good luck to the guy. Um, recapping the week. So we had a, a 114 110 loss to the Rockets. Um, six point lead at half time, but um, a 32 18 third quarter saw us playing catch up afterwards. Uh, Avery Bradley sunk two free throws with seven seconds remaining to seal the margin of victory. Um, 15 point differential on three point shooting really hurt us that night. Magic leaders were um, Dwayne Bacon, cousin, cousin Dwayne with 22 points. <laughs> um, uh, 10 rebounds for Wendell Carter, who also had 11 points, so got a double-double. Nine assists and two blocks for Cole Anthony. And Juma Akiki weighed in with four steals, which is really good number in a game. Uh, Christian Wood was superb for them. Uh, 25 points and 10 rebounds for his double-double. The Hawks, 96 on 12. Um, we had no answer for their starters. Trey Young, Clint Capella really played well. Lou Williams hit 22 points uh, from the bench. Close first quarter and then second quarter, we dropped 24 to 38, uh, 17 down at half time. Uh, and we were just swept aside after that. Cole Anthony led us with 17 points, eight assists. Wendell Carter with 17 points and nine rebounds. And then finally, the Pelicans, again, we took a beat in 135 to 100. Uh, we were absolutely battered in the paint. Early second quarter, we had a lead, but a 21-5 run saw the Pelicans end the contest, really. 38-point lead going into the fourth quarter, um, and Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson really did bully us that night. Devin Kennedy and Mo Bamba both made 17 points, and Cole Anthony scored double figures for the seventh time in eight games since his return. So I think that kind of sums up the week. It's not been the best, but uh, Mikey... Thoughts on Cole Anthony's progress? How do you think he's doing? Um, I think overall during the season, I think he's taken he's taken good steps, um, especially since the last 10 games since he's come back from the injury. Um, I was having a look at some of his numbers earlier. Um, I feel like the one area that, and this just doesn't apply to Cole, this applies to the whole team at the moment, is they all need to get better defensively. We saw uh, Steve Clifford mm. after the Pelicans game turn around and say, None of these young players are going to develop whilst we're getting blown out by 35 points. Um, so as a team, everybody needs to get better defensively. Um, he's still struggling a little bit with his three-point shot. Um, and I think some of that is now we haven't got Vooch on the team. Teams aren't so worried about honing in on Vooch as the main offensive threat. So teams are being a little bit more... Uh, even who they're defending out on the perimeter. So I feel like he's probably forcing a little bit more than he should. And I think that's probably said for the rest of the team. Um, but a couple of positives um, that I looked into um, is finishing around the basket has got a lot, lot better since he's come back from his injury. Um, I had a look at his numbers earlier. Uh, within uh, five feet, he's uh, shooting nearly 60% from the field. He was at 48 before his injury and within five to nine feet, he's at 50% and he was at 26% before his injury. So he's taken a couple of big jumps finishing around the basket. Um, and the other things is assist to turnover ratio. Um, before his injury, so the first 25 games, he was about 20th in, amongst rookies in assist to turnovers. Um, but since then, he's now jumped up to sixth. 
in the last 10 games. So his so his assists are, uh, are trending in the right direction. He's actually pretty good with looking after the ball. He only he only has about one or two turnovers per game. So that's something Steve Clifford likes in in point guards. So um yeah, I think on on the whole he's trending in the right direction. He's only played 35 games in the career, hasn't he? So um in this season. So he, he's taken the steps we want. Um we just got to try and keep this team as as competitive as we can the last 13 games because these players aren't going to develop as much as we want without without that happening. And let's be Mikey, honest, have, you, this, go on, have, go you, on, have you been using uh, David Steele's login? <laughs> Grant beat me to it. You guys are so prepared. <laughs> so many, so many numbers. I'm like, somebody actually reads our notes. It's nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. Our, yeah. Our broadcasters we're all over don't it. read every, the notes, every, but you guys read them. That's good. Honestly. <laughs> That's yeah, good. honestly, George, we are all over the stuff that you guys produce. You are. You're 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 got more stuff than I give out. That's great. <laughs> That's perfect. I was also going to say that his Cole's assist rate would be far better if we were shooting better. If some of the guys are actually how that making works, this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When we make um, baskets, your assist numbers go up. That's usually how yeah, it works, absolutely. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Gary Harris, he's had, he had a particularly strong game against Atlanta. Gee, how do you feel he's settling? Yeah, he's done pretty good in fairness to him. You know, he's only played, how many games has he played? Uh, seven or eight? He's averaging eight, what, 11? Eight. Eight games, um, averaging just over 11 points a game, shooting 50% on the three, 82% of the line, uh, one turnover. He's that leader, that veteran leader. Now, granted, he's only 26 um, in his sixth or seventh year in the NBA. Um, he's one of the elder statesmen, like you, Paul, of the team. Um, <laughs> so he he's really there as a hand to guide a lot of these younger players along. Um, I think other than him, you know, you look at the other ages of the players, Michael Carter-Williams, 29, Ennis, 30, Bacon's 25, Ross is 30. Other than that, I mean, Randall's 28, Porter, 27. But he is someone who's got the NBA um, experience that, you, and you see it on the court. You saw him, um, I can't remember which game it was. It was probably the Pelicans game um, when Van Gundy was pulling the Pelicans together just to have a little huddle when um, Jackson Hayes got some blood and um, Harris was doing the exact same in our side of the court with the young guys and that's good to see um, you know just telling them uh, things that he's seeing um, with with all the experience that he has so, so um, him being signed for this year and next uh, albeit 20 million um, he's going to be a key part of the locker uh, in bringing you know the franchise back up to where it should be George got to ask you this how excited the organization for this rebuild process that we're now going into? You know, it, as, as much as it pained us to, to say goodbye to, to Vooch and to Evan and to, and to Aaron, I think, you know, it got to a point where the organization had to look, take an honest look with ourselves and, and see where we were and, and where we were going. And, you know, did we have the right pieces in place uh, to, to, you know, the goal of our organization is to, is to compete for championships. And we haven't done that, you know, in, in 10 years, uh, you know, ever since, ever since, uh, you know, Dwight left and, and, and we had the complete rebuild with Rob Hennigan, you know, we haven't been in that situation and that still just remains our focus. And I think we had to take a hard look at ourselves and take an honest look at ourselves 
Um, you know, Steve Clifford has done an amazing job, an amazing job with, uh, with what, you know, think about that's the same core that was here for four other coaches. Uh, but Steve's the one that has gotten that core to the, to the playoffs. Now, now granted, I, you know, I can understand where, where fans get frustrated, where, you know, well, we made the first round and you, and you win a game and then you're out. Like, I, we get that, but at the same time, it's, you know, it, it took a long time to get that group yeah. to that spot. Um, but I think that we had to take an honest look at where we were going and, and when, what that group had could accomplish in the future. And if there was ever a chance to maximize, uh, you know, the draft prospects and, and, and take a reset, uh, this was the time to do it. And so, uh, so we're definitely looking forward to, to what lies ahead. I think we have some nice young pieces, uh, that we can build around. And also like the, we now have a little more flexibility that we have not had in the last seven or eight years. We have not had any flexibility whatsoever in terms of draft capital or, or roster movement. We, we, we've been really locked into what we were, uh, for a while now. And, and these moves give us some flexibility. Uh, and if you look at where it just take next year's draft alone, you know, if everything holds form where it is right now, you know, we're poised to have two picks in the top 10. I, I think in a draft that is uh, where, where everybody's excited about the prospects of what lies ahead with that draft. I think if we if we're that team that has two picks in the top 10 uh, and then you take a Mark Hill Fultz healthy and a Jonathan Isaac healthy and a, a Wendell Carter Jr., uh, Cole Anthony, you know, Chumo Kiki, we have some nice young pieces that we can finally, uh, you know, start to build around yeah. that young nucleus and see where that takes us. And it just gives us a little more flexibility for the future. So, uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to where, you know, this plan is going to take us. Ho- hopefully it can take us to where we think it can. Yeah. George, do you, sorry, so, Paul. Go, no, no, Mike, say, go, go. Do you feel like we're further along in this rebuild, even though we've just essentially blown the roster up than we ever were under Rob before? Uh, Mikey, that's a, that's a good question because I, uh, you, we, we've done a lot of second guess, you know, like we, we spent a lot of time together, you know, David and myself, uh, JT, Dante, and we, you know, you talk about a lot of things and even internally in the office amongst everybody. And, you know, when we were, when we were rebuilding back in 2012, uh, you know, if you take a look back at some of the picks, like, you know, and, and some of the moves, you know, like we picked Victor Oladipo and we traded for Tobias Harris and we got Vooch in the trade. So, you know, it, necess- it wasn't necessarily, you know, we were probably headed in that right direction then too. Now you can definitely point to where the things maybe went right. sideways and, yeah. and, and, you know, and I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want <laughs> to dwell on any of those because we all know where they are. Um, you know, so, but then you come back to, you come back to present day. And uh, I think it's hard, Mikey, because like you, we're definitely starting again, you know, at, at, at near where that was and to, you know, to, to say we're ahead of where we were in 2013, I don't know if that would be accurate because you're, you're, you know, you're taking a, a team that made the playoff, you know, making, I had this conversation with Bob Byer, who uh, is an assistant coach under Stan Van Gundy now in new Orleans, who was an assistant coach with us. Uh, and I saw him after the game on uh, Thursday night. And I, you know, we were just talking about the team and, and, and the magic. And he just said, like, he said, making the playoffs is hard. 
Like everybody just takes for granted, ah, you're a playoff team. Like even, even like, ah, well, you're the eight seed. Well, guys, like making the eight is hard. Like making that eight is hard. And, you know, we were there the last two years. We were a playoff team. We're clearly not a playoff team right now. So to say we're, we're, we're further along, you know, I, I don't know if that's accurate. Um, I, I will say that I do think that Jeff and John do have an idea of where they want to go and where they want to take this. And I think making the moves that they made at the trading deadline sets us up to, to start those in motion. Uh, and then, you know, we'll hopefully, hopefully ping pong balls and things, you know, I'm not, we don't need the number one pick, but you just, you, you don't, you just need to make the right pick. You know, it just right. needs to be yeah. the right player. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we, we have enough guys in that room that know what, what we're looking for and what we want to do and what fits the best. And hopefully when we have these two picks that are hopefully like knock on wood in the top 10 of this draft, you know, we can start to lay the foundation. We can, we can just start to see how that goes. Now, the other thing with that being said, I don't want to be long-winded here is it, even if we get the number, number one and number five pick in this draft, right. That doesn't necessarily, that'd be amazing, right? That'd be, that'd be yeah. amazing. <laughs> but like that doesn't necessarily equate to, well, hell, the Magic are, bang, we're right back in the playoffs next year. We're going to be a top four seat. Like, I agree. You, you got to take, take a look back in the NBA history. I mean, you could take a look just at Magic history, right? We had Dwight Howard, the first pick in the draft in 2004, okay? Shoot, you can go all the way back to Shaquille O'Neal. first, And that's Shaquille O'Neal, guys. Like, this is a, a arguably a top 10 player in the history of the NBA, Shaquille O'Neal. We drafted him first in 1992, right? Did we make the playoffs the next year? No, like we missed the playoffs. We didn't make the playoffs. You, you have Dwight Howard, first overall pick in 2004. And this is a guy that is umpteen time all-star, three-time defensive player of the year consecutively. It took us three years to make the playoffs after having Dwight and Jameer on our team. I, it took... It took three years. You take LeBron James with the Cavs. LeBron James is arguably a top five player in the history of basketball. The Cavs didn't make the playoffs for two years when they picked LeBron James. Yeah. So these guys that are, you know, the, and I, I've seen all the names. I've seen the Mobleys and the Cunninghams and, you know, this guy's going to take us to, you know, save us Cade and all this, you know, like <laughs> I, I've seen all of it. And it's great. It's good. But you just have to you have to know that as much as as much as we want to hurry back and we will like we believe us, we don't want to sit in the lottery for year after year after year. We, we don't. That's not where that's not why anybody gets into the game. However, it just it doesn't it, for it to be an instant fix. Um, it doesn't happen. Historically, it doesn't happen. Historically, it just doesn't happen. So it's going to take some time. And it's, and it's good to hear somebody actually say that from within the organisation because people do seem to think that we get a number one pick or we get the number two pick and it's bang, instant solution. It's far from it. Far from it. It is a rebuild process. I just I just think history, if you look back at history and you just you can take any team and it just it just doesn't. It doesn't have, we want it to happen. I don't get me wrong. I, yeah. I want to pick whoever we're picking it. Let's say we pick three and eight and like that, shoot, that's great. And we pick those guys and they come in right away and they're amazing ball players. Like, yeah, do we want to, we want to win. Like we want to win, but there's no guarantee that that's just going to happen overnight. It just historically has not happened that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that leads us nicely into uh, 
where we want to talk about the lottery position. Um, Orlando record is 18 and 41. We're 14th in the East and fourth worst record within the NBA, which gives us a 12.5% chance of the number one pick in the draft lottery at this moment in time. And it would appear to me in looking at it that the odds for the for the best lottery odds have reduced down to six teams now. Um, so guys, what I'm wanting to know is where you see us ending up and what your thoughts are on uh, the current position and the, the race. So George, can I ask you first? Sure. What's your thoughts on uh, where we're likely to end up? I, I don't know, you know, like I, to say, listen, Cliff wants to win every game. Absolutely. I know it may. It may I, I should have said that we are perfectly clear that the team are not tanking. They are no, not actually tanking. No, it's, We're it's, playing through injuries and we are in a rebuild process. We've got lots of young players and the guys that are new to the team. Cliff it's, has made it. Like Cliff has made it very clear, and I think his last. He's he's actually said what he said after the last press conference uh, against the Pelicans. He said it multiple times in games where, you know, we've. We just fight. We haven't shown up like we haven't shown up. And and that's not the way that Cliff and the team want to, you know, develop any any young guys like you don't you don't necessarily get developed by running out onto the floor and playing 26 minutes and you put up 10 and six like it just that's not you know, that's not the way you develop guys. So, you know, Cliff wants to win these games. Now, whether whether roster wise, we will have the talent and the ability to match up with with some of these teams, you know, that remains to be seen. The, the schedule down the street, <laughs> the schedule is not is not pretty when you take a peek at it. I mean, I'm looking at it right above my computer here and I see Indiana and I see the Lakers and I see Memphis twice and I see Boston yep. and Philly twice and Milwaukee and Atlanta like it. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great. But um, but I can tell you that Cliff's going to do everything he can to get these guys yeah. to prepare and to win a game. Like that, that's the that's the bottom line. Every time we're on the schedule, we're playing the game to win. Rightly so, in my opinion. Rightly so. Mikey, what about yourself? I know um, that didn't answer your question. I know that was a PR <laughs> way to answer the question. So. Uh, we, we've said it before. We are very, very cool with somebody from the organization having to answer in a certain way. We understand. It's all good. It's not a problem. Yeah, all right. Well, the pro tankers might be happy with what I'm going to well, what I'm going to predict. Um, my theory's a little bit flawed in that I've looked at all all the five teams in the bottom in the bottom five. Yep. So, so Houston, Minnesota, Detroit, Orlando, Oklahoma City. Uh, the other four teams have got twelve games left. We've got thirteen, um, and I've just done it on a theory of you beat teams under five hundred, you lose against the teams over five hundred. Just that's going by the averages. So I've got us finishing with the third worst record, uh, leapfrog in Detroit, as well as Oklahoma City doing the same thing. So I've got Detroit finishing fifth, us, sorry, OKC fourth, us third, with Minnesota and Houston last. So that's it. Mikey's got it all figured out. We're good. Uh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I can just go and I can go plan my but summer is- now. We're all set. <laughs> that's interesting because that's exactly where I am. <laughs> that's exactly where I am as well. I think that uh, Detroit move up. I think I th- that Detroit I think move we, up. I think we drop below them, but who knows? Who knows? When I say move up, I mean that they, their record gets better yes. and they 
have a lesser odds than us. It's confusing to talk about, isn't it? G? Yeah. How many wins was that then, Mikey? So I can compare against mine. Uh, da, 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 da. So I've got us uh, going. So 13 games, five teams. So let's say we win four or five more games. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I went through it just like you did. I've got us beating the Pistons, the Timberwolves and A.N. Other. I'd like that to be the Los Angeles Lakers because of my feelings towards that. Obviously. Um, but um, <laughs> the other one, maybe maybe the Charlotte Hornets or my, my friend Lewis Hagerman might not be happy about that. But there we go. So I, I can see us winning three more um, and we'll be in and around where we are. There's, there's very... There's not much in it, is there? So teams, they can just pick up wins whenever. So it, third or fourth, doesn't really matter. And the ping pong balls will decide anyway, like George has said. Absolutely. We and keep saying is, this. And the odds have flattened out in the draft now. So if you look at it, it's almost a coin flip, whether you get a top four pick or not. That's what it boils down to. But hey, let's just play the games and see where see where the, the chips lie. I was just interested to see where everybody saw us finishing up. As, uh, as I say, I think, I think we'll drop. I do think we'll drop into that bottom three. So on to uh, that time of the week where we uh, talk to our guest, uh, George. So obviously we know that you spend uh, a lot of time on the road with the team. What is currently involved on a trip and is it still fun? No, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. They, they, you know, it's, it's not. Um, the other state. It, it, you know, it, going on the road uh, during these times, it, it's tough. Um, we're not allowed to do a whole lot. Uh, we're not really allowed to, leave, you know, we when the season started, we weren't allowed to leave the hotel at all, at all. Like once we got from, uh, well, the first thing is, is we're all like, we're all, I don't want to say we're monitored, but they give us these chips um, so they can track, you know, should they have to go back, uh, say somebody ends up testing positive at some point down the line. Well, these chips, I guess, can they can they can go back and they can track your contact tracing. OK, well, you were with person A. You know, for it's a little frightening. Like it's a little, it's a little scary. Big brother's um, watching you. But yeah, yeah, a little bit. So you know, they, that's their. But but it's all within the name of safety. You know, they they, they can do their way to contact trace. So, but they, you know, you go from you go from the plane to the bus to the hotel, and you're 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 in the hotel from the for the duration of your stay. Like I, you know, I I'm from New York originally, and I always love going back to New York. And I was on the trip at the beginning of the year to go to New York and I never left my hotel. We were there for three days and I never left the room. And I just, it, it, that's when it really wow. like kicked me in the butt. I was just like, God, this sucks. Like it just, you, <laughs> you just want to, I just want to go. Like I, you couldn't even, you couldn't even go for a walk. Like we're not even allowed to go for a walk. So then as the season got, went on, uh, they loosened the the protocols a little bit to where, you know, we're allowed to, we're allowed to leave the hotel for exercise, you know, code for a walk, uh, at, for an hour and you have to be back by 6 PM. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, thanks. Like, thanks for that. Like, appreciate that. Um, you know, so at least you can go breathe some fresh air and, you yeah. know, and it's like, like, you know, we're, we're in the nicest hotels there are too. So it's not like you're holed up in the, you know, in a really bad place. Like we're, if we're holed up, we're in the nicest places possible, but you just want the 
I just want to go outside and see the sun. Like I, I just want to go breathe a little fresh air. Um, so it, it, you know, and then the other thing is too, like for me is it, you know, and it's not, is nothing against the guys that are on the road, like, because, but there, well, you can't hang out. Like you can't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a big part of the road for us is, is, you know, going to restaurants or going to a bar, uh, and, and having that camaraderie, whether it's, whether it's David, Jeff, Dante, uh, you know, our equipment staff, our trainers, you know, Jacob Diamond and Sid Powell and our training staff, like, you know, like that's where your bonding time is. And, uh, and there's, there's just none of that. And, and in the beginning of the pan to the beginning of this season, I, I was very leery. I, I, I'm more of a worrier. Uh, and so at the very beginning of this thing, like I was just, I mean, I was terrified. I, you know, I didn't want, you know, I would get, we have a meal room and I would get my food and I would sprint back to my room. Cause I was just like, I don't want to, I just, you know, and, and the other, the other part of it is, is you, I, at least I can only speak for myself. Like, I don't want to be the guy that like brings the ship down. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to be like, well, George Glanty tested positive. Like, I guess, I guess we're, you know, like, and I, I don't want to be the guy that brings it down. And so, uh, you know, I, I would just, I'd get my food and I'd run back up to my room and I'd, you know, eat by myself. And that's just not typically what I I'm used to on the road. Like I, I, I like to go hang out and I like to go, you know, grab a beer or just, you know, if there's, you know, especially this year, like we have a whole lot of new trainers like that. I don't really know that well. And the time to do that would be, you know, on the road and, and, mm-hmm. you know, on the downtime, if there is a little downtime and we just, there's, there's just none of that. And the other thing is, is like my running mates are not allowed on the trips with us this year. You know, like I hang with Dante and Ty Eastham, our TV producer and David and Jeff, those, you know, those, those are my main guys and and they're all not around. <laughs> so um, it's tough. It, it's, 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 you know, it sucks for them because I know they want to be out on the road with the team. Uh, and it sucks for me just cause I, you know, I like hanging out with those guys and I enjoy their company. So, uh, I I've, I've not had that for 13 months now on the road, you know, it, it sucks. And I would imagine that whereas normally it's a team working, uh, every, yeah. every facet of the job falls to yourself. Yeah, like oh, there's tiers of what of uh, how how they're um, that that's the way. Like I'm considered tier two. It's on my credential. I have a big two, and the the people that are on staff that are considered tier one and tier two. You know, those are like those are your. I don't know how else to describe it. That like that's your like for example, the players or the coaches are tier yeah. one, and the trainers are tier one, and then I'm tier two. And so tier one and tier two are the core people that are, they're traveling, they're around the team all the time, this, that, and the other. Uh, we, I have people in my own department that are not considered tier two. So when, when Joel Glass or myself are in the building, they can't be in the building. Like it's very, it's just a, yeah. Really? It's, yeah. Like for today, for example, today's Saturday when we're recording this and it's a practice day. Um, and you know, we have two other people in our department, the communications department, Trish Wingerson and Owen Sanborn, they're not tier two. So they can't be in the building. They can't be, you know, in the practice facility while we're here, you have to be, you know, those people are not tested every day. You know, like we've been tested every day since November 26th, every day. And so those people have not been tested, you know, they get tested for games. You know, there's a, there's a whole different, there's so many different protocols that go for so many different layers of the staff 
Um, you know, there's a there's a layer for for tier three that's a different layer than our game night staff. That's a different layer than the ushers and the concession work. Like it's it's wild. It really is wild. It's something that I never wow. ever thought I would experience. Um, and yeah, like it does. It's a, you're you're sick of. <laughs> I'm sick of getting a swab up my nose every day. I can be honest to tell you about that. Having like your I, brain tickled. I, yeah. I, like, luckily they're not like the, you know, I've seen the videos of the real, the real deep ones where they, you know, they get you right up into your eye sockets. Like I, I haven't, I haven't had any of those, but I, I'm definitely, I, if I last when this is all over and if I never see another Q-tip again, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine with that. So. <laughs> my, my daughter teaches and uh, we know, whether by whether it's sneezing or gagging, exactly where she is doing the test at that <laughs> right, moment they, in time. That's right. That's right. And you got to pick the right tester too, because you get some yeah. of them like like we're we see the same people now. So I know I I, I kind of gravitate toward the ones that I know are a little little more gentle. <laughs> swabs, <laughs> a little more gentle with the swabs. Uh, cool, uh, George. Uh, take us back to the twenty first of January. You're on the road in Minnesota. Cole Anthony hits that game winner. We see him sprinting <laughs> off the court. Yeah. We see you thinking, oh no, where's he going? Get him back. Can you take us through that sure. moment? Sure. That's, um, a, that's a good one. That's a the good celebration one. and and the locker room afterwards. Of course, we saw the locker room and sure. that looked like a great place to be. Yes. Okay. So I, I well, we'll start with the we'll start with the chase down, right? Okay. So <laughs> You know, at that point, we I'm always in communication with uh, with Dante uh, and with our producer about like, it, you know, obviously, if we lose, we don't do any interviews right off the floor. And those only happen if we win. And so, like, we he tells me ahead of time, like where we're going or who we want to interview or whatever else. And at that point, you know, it was I think we were up to right at the time we were up to when he hit the three or were we tied? We down to, I mean, like down, down two, two and his down two, yeah. gave it, we made us up one. And so at that point, we had just kind of said like, all right, should somebody hit the game winner? Like, that's the guy we go get. And I've been in those situations before where to corral the guy. I mean, you can kind of go back and see some video. There's actually another video where Tobias Harris, I don't remember what year it was. Tobias Harris hits a game winner. This is four or five years ago. And OKC? It, it was a home game. I might've been the OKC. I, I don't know if it was the dunk or whatever, but there is a shot where I, it looks like I'm in the huddle celebrating like with the team. <laughs> and all that I'm doing is trying to grab the guy and make sure he doesn't run off you know, run into the locker room so I can get him over to, to Dante. And that's a lot easier to do under normal times because like, Hey, look like Dante's on the court, the cameras on the court, there's people everywhere. Like that's a little easier to to do, but I've, I've been in those situations where I have to like corral the guy and make sure he doesn't run off and whatever else. So I felt like I was in a pretty good place like I positioned myself. I was, I knew where our tunnel was. Our tunnel was right behind the basket. So I was like, all right, like I'm in a good place here. I, I, I got this covered. And I also don't think in my head that this kid's going to just sprint and haul rear back to the locker room. I'm like, I, but I got it. I'm okay. So I'm watching the scene unfold and you know, that they, they, they crowd Cole over by the bench and we're doing their thing, whatever else. And then all of a sudden, like Cole gets the great, and I'm thinking, all right, I have time. I can, I can get out there. Cause I've also learned from the Tobias Harris thing. It's like, I don't want to look like I'm in there, like, 
yeah, guys, way to go. Like, that's not my place. Like, you know, I'm happy, but I don't want, you know, like, so I'm trying to keep my step back. And then all of a sudden I see him just, he basically, he stops celebrating and then just puts his head down and just runs. And I was like, Oh crap. Like I got to go. <laughs> so I grab, I, I, I made contact. I think I'm, I'd have to go back and look at it. I think I did make contact initially and he, and he went past me and I said, I'm, and I'm also have the, like, keep in mind too, like I have the mask on too and you can't hear that great with what's going on. And I'm going, TV, we got TV to do. We got TV. I can't see what I'm saying. He's looking at me like, what? And I, now I'm like, now I'm sprinting because he's still, and luckily it's a, it's a pretty, like that hallway goes back and around to our locker room. And so like, I, I had time to like, you know, I, I wasn't stretched. Like I'm old now. Like I did, I did, I, you know, so I, I had to kick it into high gear to chase him down and I'm yelling at him. No, 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 no. Like, let's go get TV. And he's like, He's like, what do we have to do? Come on. We just want to get, I mean, no, 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 no. Like, let's go do it. He's like, all right, all right, let's go. And now I'm pulling him back out to the court. Now all the other, now the, the, on the way back, now all the other guys are like coming in. So I'm trying to pull him back out to the court. I got every guy coming, smacking him on the head, hitting him in the chest, way to go, this and that, the other. And like, so you got, I finally made him out. I got him out to, to Dante. And then that, that interview, he was, he was obviously pretty, he oh, was pretty hyped up. Like he was, he got a lot of fans that night, I think, because it's he one was of the so, best post-game interviews. Yeah. He that was, was so brilliant. genuine. He was so just genuine. And I think, man, I think that, that snapped like a five or six game losing streak for us too. We hadn't yeah, won in a six. while. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it was with six? And so like, yeah. he was, I mean, he was, and, and as his first game winner in the NBA, like he, he was, and rightfully so, like he was, he was on cloud nine. And so like, he got a lot of, I think he made a lot of fans that night um, that hadn't really heard from Cole or, or, or knew much about Cole. So that was, that was a good thing. And then we, we go back from the, you know, he's done with his TV interview and those are awkward now too, by the way, because, you know, on the normal times, Dante is physically there with the player and he's standing right next to him, talking to him. Now we have to, uh, there's camera, you know, like it's the normal high camera that's shooting the game for, like that you see on TV, but it's the normal high cameras. We have a headset and we have to try to find the camera that's, you know, that's up top. It's on like the, the mid level. So I got to tell Cole or whoever it is. I'm like, listen, like that's the, you know, like I'm pointing way up to the concourse and there's a red light and there's a camera guy and he's standing there going like this and he's trying to tell you where to look. So I'm like, all right, that's, you know, and he, and he has to talk to like, it's, it's not easy. Like you can see if you watch these post-game interviews, like it's not easy to do just because he's not look, there's nobody to look at. He's just looking at space. So we're trying our best to, to make it work. So he's done with the interview and we walk, we go back to the lock room he's still pretty amped up and then we open up you know we open up the door to go and everybody obviously is already in at that point there's nobody he's the last one he and i are the last ones and he goes into the locker room and i had kind of stayed out the door and then all of a sudden you could just see the water like the water started you know they all got him when he walked into the door the water you know came out and they were all pumped up and uh it was a it was a good moment you know we actually <laughs> and then we got in trouble from from the league because none of us like you know you're supposed to have your masks on at this point like and we put that out on so we're like oh like this is a great moment like you know and then well, the nba calls and like oh you can't do that and i was like all right like it's okay so but uh yeah that was that was a lot of, that was definitely a high that's definitely a high moment for the season for sure yeah definitely sure. definitely yeah it was like watching you play man-to-man -man coverage 
as a as a cornerback <laughs> trying to get cold and I got toasted though. I got I got beat bad. <laughs> I, got, I, I needed to stay lower in my stance. I think to to, to keep him in front of me. I did not do that. Cliff was not happy with my defense on that, on that possession. <laughs> not happy. Cliff is never happy with anybody's defense. <laughs> <laughs> he has high, very high expectations, Coach Clifford. Very high so, expectations. So, so one f- happy story to a, a more somber story. Can you tell us what it was like those few days before the NBA shut down? Because um, we were coming off that big win in sure. Memphis. Yeah. No, I was on that trip. Um, we played, we, it was a four game trip or a three game trip. We had played in Miami, I believe. Uh, and we lost a tough game. Like that was a, that was a tough game. And then, gosh, we went somewhere. I think we went Houston, Minnesota. And we, and, and we, and that's what it was. Memphis. And we, and it was Houston and we beat them down. Like yeah. we beat Houston yeah. down and we went to Minnesota and we won that game pretty handily. And then we had the game in Memphis, which was a real, and, you know, and we had started to hear when we got to Memphis was when this was all like kind of hitting its height. Um, and I remember going to lunch that day. We went to lunch at uh, this place in Memphis that we typically go to David, myself, Jeff and Dante, the four of us had, were at lunch and I got phone calls from, from Joel Glass and from the NBA, like telling us that the protocols and, and things that we were doing and dealing with the media that night were going to change in regards to, uh, you know, we weren't going to open the locker rooms and we were going to bring everybody into a press conference room, but they had to stay like 10 feet, you know, all kinds of different things. And you're just sitting here just going like, what's going on? Like, this is, you know, and we, we knew of, we knew what was going on with the virus. I mean, we were watching it and, you know, it was kind of, I mean, just like everybody, just like you guys over there too. It's just like, you see it, it's just, it's, it's taking over every part of the news and, yeah. and it's very hard to avoid. And I, I actually remember we, um, J- Jason Wallace is the Memphis PR person and he used to work for me and Joel here in Orlando um, so we're very close. And so I remember we were talking the night before and we were joking around like, and, you know, could we, we would get these media packets. We get, we used to get these media packets at the hotel that had like game notes and everybody's credentials and, and things of that nature to hand out for the game. And I remember joking around with them. like, like, don't put coronavirus in my packet. Ha ha ha. Like, you know, like just, it, it, we, you didn't really know, the, the you didn't know the, the, just how the magnitude and how yeah. serious this was going to be. And then it comes like later that, you know, the next day is when all these protocols come out and you're starting to see things on the news. And then, so, you know, we had the game that night in Memphis, we won another good game. And we were really, I mean, you know, to say we were playing our best basketball, easily yeah. playing our best basketball. And I, and I really do. I agree. And if you looked at our schedule, the rest of, I mean, the schedule was really poised for us to make a run. Um, and we were already on the run. You know, we want, I think at that point we had one, four or five or five or six or something, something yeah. to that effect. I mean, it was definitely three in a row and the games that we had after that were a lot of games against teams that had nothing to play for. Um, and we had a lot of home games also on the, on the tail end of that too. I mean, we were really poised. Listen, I'm not, not going to sit here and say we were going to get into the top three or four, but like we we were really positioned to ad, ad, advance our standing, yep. up, come toward the playoffs, and also hit our stride and maybe cause some damage in a first round against whoever we end up getting matched up with, right? So 
they change all the protocols for that night with the media. And I just remember a lot of confusion, even just with our own people. Like, uh, you know, we had people that, you know, fly on the plane with us and just be, you know, like our internal broadcasters and our, you know, I think John Denton from magic.com at the time was, you know, we're all flying together and he, and they're all like, let me get this straight. Like I can fly on the plane with you guys and ride on the bus, but I can't get within 15 feet of you at the arena. And I'm just sitting there just going, guys, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm just abiding by, like, just, just do what we say, <laughs> just abide by the rules. Like, but this is what the rules are. I don't make them, but let's just get through it and we'll figure it out. And I remember we got through the night and we all, and even the players, like the players, we didn't really know what was next. You know, we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, but we knew things were going in the wrong direction. You just, you just could feel it. Um, and then we were supposed to play Chicago. It wasn't the next night. It was the, it was two days afterwards because um, we were coming off the trip. So we had an off day and then we were supposed to play the bulls at home. And I think we were all in a very similar situation where we're all in our homes and I had the game, the, uh, the OKC Utah game on, cause it was a, it was a believe, no, it was ESPN and they broke in and said that the game, that game was canceled. And then right then and there, we all knew what was coming next. And we knew that our game was going to be canceled and that the league was going to get shut down. Um, and it was crazy. Our holiday, George. What's that? An hour, holi- an hour holiday, a five <laughs> game home stand. Yeah. Oh, it was your holiday Still too? Yeah. Yeah, oh, we planned no. to come over for five home games. And um, yeah, Mikey, myself, our families, and um, that oh, got cancelled no. four days before we were supposed to fly out. And on so, top of that, uh, we also ha- we were supposed to be covering uh, one of the games. We had media passes for one of the games. Too, yeah. right? We yes. did, right? Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. that. So, uh, we, so did, we you got guys any... even, did you even get on the plane or did you? No. Did, no. Oh, okay, good. No. Well, that no. would have been worse if you came on the plane and then got stuck. What would you have done? You got stuck here. That wouldn't be good. That'd be terrible. Oh, that'd but, be great. I can say there's worse places to get stuck. Yeah. There's the guy drinking a Bud Light during the podcast. There I you go. Absolutely. It'd be great. <laughs> my, ne- my next door neighbors got stuck in Australia for three months. Is that they couldn't right? get a flight back. That's, so, yeah. That's, I mean, as, as cool as that sounds, that's, that's not what you want. You don't, no, no. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that. They, so, they, it, they, they said we're huge pros and there were a whole yeah. lot more pro cops to it. Yeah, that sucks. But you know, it um yeah, it was it was weird. It, the whole scene was odd. Um, um and it was a weird time. It was a weird, weird time. So from one day of confusing activity to uh another of full on activity, the uh <laughs> trade deadline this year. Yeah, yeah. Where we just pressed that red button. Yeah. So I'm just interested to know how challenging it was for yourself and your team, um, the timelines involved, and particularly if there was any extra work or considerations around the trade trade of Bush, considering his position with the team and the fans. Yeah, I mean, we uh, going into the deadline, uh, you know, like we're in pretty good communication with our basketball operations department, and we we have an idea uh, of what's going to go down. Um, I left, we played the the night before we played Phoenix and, you know, listen, stranger things have happened all through the years. Like we've been told trades are going to happen and we make press releases and they never happen. And it happens way more than you think. Um, it, It happens a lot where just listen, like things get to the end and it breaks down and then it just doesn't happen. So you're like, okay, well that, you know, 
I, I have I have press release. Well, I've started deleting them because I had press releases of trades that never happened, and I should have probably kept them and put them in a file and made a nice book. But um, interesting. <laughs> but but um, you you had an idea, you know that. Evan was probably going to, to, to go. Um, and you had an idea that Aaron was probably going to go. Um, and I didn't really, and we'd never really gotten, you know, I had never really gotten much confirmation other than just to be ready, you know, and, and uh, those guys were obviously, um, but on the flip side of that, you've seen their names in trade rumors since the minute they walked through this door for six years, it's always like magic are going to trade Vucevic, the magic are going to trade for, you know, and it's never happened. And so, you kind of just wait until it, you know, until it does happen to, to start any work, you know, cause I, I'm the one that ends up writing the press releases to, to send out, uh, to the media. And so, um, I hadn't written anything. I, I kind of just was like, I'm going to wait until, cause I didn't want to add any more things, you know, like, I don't want to do a couple hours worth of work just to have nothing. happen. <laughs> so I've learned my lesson over the years. And so, uh, I just kind of had waited and I went that morning um, very early, like at six something in the morning to go get my, my daily COVID test. And I had, and which I have to drive down to the arena. And then I live about 15, 20 minutes away from the arena. And I, so I got my oldest son off to school, came down to the arena, get my COVID test, started driving back. And I got a phone call that said, uh, well, like we're going to be busy today. And I went, okay, like how busy? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Joel Glass said, very busy, <laughs> extremely busy. Like he said, you know, we, we traded Evan, we've traded Aaron and we're, we're going to trade, uh, Nick. And I, you know, and it, that one, you know, you're never surprised only because uh, you just, you know, I, I feel like we, you know, anybody can be traded. And so I, you knew that there was a possibility that if, like I said to you at the top of the show, it's like, I, you know, at some point we had to take a good, honest look at what, where we were and what we were doing um, and where we were headed. And if there was a time to, to, to get something uh, for Nikola Vucevic, we felt like now was, was the time to do it. Uh, and so I, got, so he told me, he told me that, uh, that, that Vucevic had gotten traded. And so, you know, that, that press release was a little longer than the other ones only because, you know, I, I felt like, you know, he, he, Vooch had done so much for the organization um, over nine years. And really, you know, when we look back, uh, you know, take a step back five years, 10 years from now, um, he's going to be in the discussion of, you know, there, there's nobody right now that's over, you know, like we, you, we call it the Mount Rushmore of magic, right? It's, it's Dwight Howard, Tracy McGrady, Penny Hardaway, uh, and Shaquille O'Neal, right? Like that's your, that's your Mount Rushmore, your top four. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And then there's an argument always for number five, right? There's always an argument for number five. Well, maybe it's Hito Turkoglu is the fifth best player, or maybe, uh, you know, Nick, Nick Anderson is the Nick, fifth best player. It's, or, it's Nick. Okay. <laughs> well, I can tell you, <laughs> by your background there between, between the number 50, like maybe you're thinking Cole Anthony's in there, but you know, so like, you know, is it, is it Nick Anderson? Is it Jameer Nelson? Is it Hito Turk? I mean, you can make an argument for like all of those guys that are right around that top four. I, I do think when we look back, the things that 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 Nick Vucevic did while he was here with the Magic, like they they won't go unnoticed. They, they he just he really you know this was a guy that that gave everything he had to the organization. Um, I mean, 
just think about all the things he had to overcome, even even while he was here. I mean, we signed Bismack Biombo. We 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 you know we drafted centers. Like, there's all these things that he just kept having to overcome. And not only did he overcome them, you know, he was named an All Star, and then he was named an All Star again. Like, that is not an easy thing to do, especially uh, for a team where we were. Uh, in Orlando that just, you know, that frankly hasn't been on national television in, you know, mm. in the last 10 years or, or has gotten out, you know, gotten the attention that, 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 you know, in certain they deserved and in certain times we, we didn't. Um, so he, he'll, his time, his time with the magic will, will definitely go down in history as, as, as one of the best. So his, pre- his Paul, his press release was a little longer uh, just because I was writing it, <laughs> you know, his, his best place, they might have had an extra quote or two or a fact uh, before I let that one let that one go out. A lot, a lot of times when we're sending press releases out about trades, you know, the folk we want the focus to be on on what we're getting. Like we yeah. we we want the attention to be. Listen, here's what we're getting. Here's what we've gotten. Not necessarily what is going away. And so, a lot of times when we're writing a press release, it's like, hey, we got this, we got this, we got this, we got that. Oh, when player A is leaving, he averaged like 15 points a game. It's no big deal. Like, yeah, fine. He was okay. You know, I, <laughs> I might have put in an extra an extra paragraph or two about, about Vooch just because of his, you know, his standing with the with the organization was so great. Yeah. So how early was did early. you, sorry, Paul, how early no, did you know in the, in the day? Because the deadline was at 3 p.m., wasn't it? So I knew, I knew at 7 in the morning. Right. Um, that wow. that was happening. Yeah. And then. Uh, you know, I think, I think Adrian Wojnarowski broke it before, I mean, but Adrian Wojnarowski or Shams breaks everything before it gets released. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny how that works, but, um, (laughs) so Wojnarowski had, I knew at seven, I knew at seven in the morning because I was just coming, like I said, I was just coming back from getting my COVID test and it was very early in the morning and I was just driving back into my neighborhood and that's when my phone rang. So it was seven in the morning and then I think we released it around he Woj broke it around noon. And I think at that point we, you know, we hurried things. Oh no, but we couldn't say anything until there's a trade call that has to go down with the NBA. Um, there, every time there's a trade, cause that's where all your, you know, the contracts get sent over to the league and they have to approve and their lawyers have to, you know, get every, you, know, you have to dot I's and cross T's. So you can't, you can't release any trades, even though it's out there, it's out into the Twitterverse and everywhere else. And everybody, like everybody knows it's happening. Um, but, uh, you can't release it until the league has approved the trade. So I don't think they approved it actually till later in the afternoon, but like, yeah, I knew, I knew it. I knew at seven at that point that he was going. Yeah. Cool. Um, George, the dancing Galante show was uh, a favorite feature show of ours for many, many years. It can, uh, wait, so you the- saw it in England? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every week. Get out of here. <laughs> no, well, rating, we needed more people to watch. <laughs> uh, we gave you five stars. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank uh, you. So two, two questions on that. Okay. Why wasn't it why wasn't it called the Galante and Dante show? That is a damn fine question, Grant. <laughs> I, I ask that all the time. All the time. It should absolutely have been the Galante. And I always say, like, my the way you pronounce my last name uh, is Galante. 
I, everybody, and it's happened my whole life. And I just, I don't correct people because it's just, it's not that big a deal. Like I've been called way worse. So if you're going to call me Galante, like that's fine. Like I, like I said, I've been called way worse. So if that's the worst that's going to happen, like it's okay. And I told Dante, I was like, you know what? This should be the Galante and Dante show. Why do I have to change how I'm pronouncing my name just to fit you into the bill? So yeah, that's a good question. Next time, if you have Dante on, that should be the question that's asked to Dante. Okay, it's a glory that's hog. Cool. That's why that guy's a glory hog. He just wants all the attention to himself. He can't stand sharing the spotlight. <laughs> it's like the podcast, isn't it? The pod squad. It's the Dante no, that, pod. Let's be honest. If Dante didn't run that podcast, that thing would go nowhere. <laughs> that, would be, that would be me spinning my tires, not knowing where what direction to go. He's the best. He's the best. No, he's very good. He's very good. Um, but the second part of the question, what was your favorite moment or guest or ex-Magic player? I know you've had a good couple of ones with Turkaloo, uh, yeah. Vucevic with the earpiece. What yeah. was your favorite one? Gosh, that's a good question. We, I mean, we've had so many good moments. I, You know, like the Hito Turkaloo, Hito's such a good sport. You know, because we, I mean, we're basically just making fun of him right to his face <laughs> and he just, he's such a good sport and he doesn't care. And I remember, <laughs> I remember when we, we had the idea, Dante had come up with the idea of what did Hito just say? And I, and then like, you're, you, you, you hear the idea and you, you're talking to each other and you're like, well, damn, like, that's really rude. Like you're, you're just point blank making fun of this guy, like right to his face. Like, like the guy, he's not from here. He's doing his best. <laughs> like, and we're just going to blast this guy and make it a game. And I was like, ah, you know what? Let me go ask him. Like, I'll go ask him. Like, what is he going to do? He's going to, he's going to curse at me and hit me in the stomach. Like I would whatever, I'll go ask him. So I, I gave him the, I, I brought the idea to Turk about, Hey, listen, this is something we want to do are you okay with it? Cause I don't want you catching wind that like Dante and George are making fun of you. And then I got to, you know, I got to deal with you every day. I have more, I have more things to deal with you th than just this little <laughs> TV show. And I, he goes, Georgie, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> hey, I don't care. Hey, hey, what, what he don't say, that's fine. That's fine. That's, that's, that's good. So we just went with it and, and it was a blast and that was a lot of fun. And I, and like the best part was playing the game, with him like when he played the game one time with him and he didn't know <laughs> what he had said he, he, and it was genuine like he honestly did not have any idea what he said and so you know we, we finished we finish recording and we look at him we're like see like that's how it is to try to talk to you nobody knows what the hell you're saying like he he was the best I, we had so many good there really was so you know like we had jj reddick on the pod squad uh, a couple of weeks ago and we, and I don't know if you guys remember this, like we used to throw a smoking jacket on him yeah. and sit him in front of a fire. I mean, we, I remember we went to the, we, we went to a Panera, there was a Panera bread, uh, soup, uh, store, uh, uh, restaurant. And they had like this mock fireplace. And I remember we, we took him down there and we gave him a smoking jacket and we set up this camera and we just said, listen, like, we're going to rattle off like 20 of these. Like, and I just, and we, you know, and he's sitting there and he's got this smoking jacket on and he's just like, yeah, I, I wouldn't put cumin on that. And I was like, and that's what JJ, you know, <laughs> just some of the things we did with like, with those guys and Ryan Anderson, uh, throwing grapes 
Uh, yeah. We we used to throw grapes yeah. off the off the terrace level of the Amway Center. Like, and then when you <laughs> when I think about some of the stuff we did, like we did some wild stuff. Like we really did some crazy stuff. Which, yeah, it's why <laughs> it's, I've never really I've never really sat back and like looked at it and all the you know it's we had some good we had some good bits. We really had some good I'm, bits. I think you need to bring it back. George. Yeah. I, yeah, it's. You know, the problem is now is like I got the roster has so much turnover is I got to get to know these guys a little better before I go. Like, you know, it's e- it was easy to chum around and, and kind of rail on these guys when I knew them. But like I can't I can't like take Wendell Carter into a junior into a room right now and like start ripping on him when I've known the guy for two weeks. Like it's, <laughs> I got I to gotta build I got to build a little bit of a foundation first before I before I go before I go blasting these guys. But no, it's you've clearly got far more barriers than we have. that's right you just go for it i think i think the funniest hedo one i don't know if you remember this when he he met he went to toronto and he struggled in at the start of his career there yeah and he got interviewed after he had a really good game do you remember what you know what i'm gonna say now his answer was ball Ball. yeah (laughs) you know what did you see uh, what did you think when you took that last shot Ball. Ball. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, he was not happy in Toronto. That guy, that guy <laughs> was not happy there. Not happy. Good stuff. Last question then. Um, so what this is you... it. There's no more after this. We can go. There's not many times I'm on an, a podcast in England. So like, I'm going to milk this for all it's worth. So you, whatever you guys got, I'm ready. Awesome. So what, what do you remember about the 2009 and 2010 Magic team? So the one that went to the finals and the conference finals teams, uh, the trip to LA, the, yeah. uh, the, the atmosphere in the Amway arena. Gosh, that was so, you know, those runs, uh, they were just, uh, it, it's going to sound like a pun. Those were magical runs. I mean, they were just to, you know, we've been through it all and to, you know, I, when I, when I started with the magic, we were, you know, I was 21 and we were in the finals and you just kind of got the assumption like, well, damn, like our, our team is stacked. We're going to be in the finals for the next like six, seven years. Like there's no doubt about it. Never made it back, like never made it back. And then, and then, you know, and then Shaq leaves and Penny leaves and, and then you kind of, and then you have Tracy McGrady and, and he's one of the greatest players ever, ever. And you, and, but you're, when you're in the middle of it, you don't really you know, you don't stop to realize the greatness of say a Tracy McGrady, you know, and you're watching him every night and we're making the playoffs, but we're not getting out of the first round. And so then you're back to the drawing board, you're back to the lottery. And then we draft white and draft to Jameer and you bring in Richard and you can see the, you can see it building up. I mean, you can see, you know, we, we, we had the team that made the playoffs that first year, uh, I think it was 07, where we played, where we well the first time we lost to Detroit in the first round that was Dwight's first oh, yeah. uh Dwight and Jameer's first experience of the playoffs we lost to Detroit um and you could just you know and I think it was that summer is when we we signed Richard and at that point you could see you know we had a chance you know you kind of didn't know how good we were going to be but you knew we were going to be good uh, you knew we 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 were going to be a top four team in the east um and you just you just had a feeling that we were going to be good and like you said we beat the raptors in 08 in the first round and that was our first playoff win in i think it was 12 years at that yeah. point because the last time was 1996 um 
And just like, I mean, it was just euphoria just to win the first round. It was just to win the first round was so gratifying and so satisfying after, after just such a long drought. Um, And then we ended up, I think we lost to the Pistons again in the second round uh, in the, in the conference semis. And and you knew we didn't have enough, you know, we, you knew we didn't have enough, but we were, we were getting there. Like you knew we were getting there and you knew Dwight was going to get to a different level and you knew Jameer was going to get to a different level. So you go into 08, 09 and I, you know, I was fortunate enough, and I, I think I've said this story before, I was fortunate enough to, uh, Otis involved, Otis Smith involved us in, in everything. I mean, he was, he was so great at involving us uh, in everything. And we got, we were fortunate enough to partake in a team dinner um, just before training camp kicked off in 08, 09. And I just re- always remember I, he, Stan Van Gundy and Otis went down the line. And this is from Dwight all the way down to the 15th guy on the roster and went through their roles. Listen, Dwight, you're going to do this, 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 and this. And, and went down every guy, 15, down to the 15th guy. You're going to do, you, you know, you're going to be there. You're going to be, you're going to stay ready to play. You're going to, you know, this and that and the other. And just then, and and everybody is so, you know, a lot of times you, and I've been in those dinners before. And a lot of times you're just like, and you know, guys are checked out. They don't really eh, like eh, whatever. And I just remember everybody just, I mean, they were even locked in at the dinner. I mean, they're and training camp was starting the next day and the guys were just, they were just locked in to this, you know, this pre season speech. And I remember leaving there that night and thinking just like, we're going to be good. Like we're going to be really, really good. And if we can figure it out, like we're going to be scary. Um, and we did, and we figured it out. Uh, Jameer going down was really hard when we lost him midway through. Cause I think at that point, I mean, we were like 33 and eight or 34 and eight, like something Flying. ridiculous when, yeah. when he went down and you're thinking, well, ah, oh, crap, like, you know, like we'll still be good, but we won't, now, you know, there's, there's just a level you guys have watched enough basketball to know now that like, you know, there are certain teams that, that, that they can get to that level to win the title. And then there are going to be another level where like, yeah, they're good playoff teams and they may win around, but they're not going anywhere past that. And you kind of, when Jameer initially went down, you kind of thought, well, you know, maybe that's what we're going to be now. We'll win around and it'll, you know, we'll do what we did last year. But then, you know, Otis made the trade to get skip. Um, and Skip just fit perfect. Like it was the perfect piece. He didn't have to be Jameer. You know, he didn't have to. Jameer was so good at scoring the ball. Um, and Skip didn't have to do that. But Skip was really good at getting guys in the right spots. And he was a, a you know, great passer. Um, he would hit the occasional shot. And, and the way we were so spaced out is that, you know, with, you know, we were, if you look back, like everybody plays the way we did then now. Yeah. Like we were yeah. so far ahead of what everybody, you know, there was no teams playing four out one in when we were doing it. Nobody, there was nobody doing it. We were the only ones. And as the years have gone on, like they're taking our model, like that, that's, you know, some guys, some teams are now going five out. Like it's just, there is no, you know, center. And so skip fit great to where he would knock down the occasional three. He would always get the guys in the right spot. He just didn't do too much. He stayed within himself um, Richard picked up his game. He's so he's probably the most underrated player we've ever had. 
uh, in magic history, I, in my opinion, just does all the little things, hits the biggest shots on the biggest stage. Um, and we had all the pieces like, and we entered the playoffs. I think we won 57 games that year or 59, 57, I think seven. Yep. And <laughs> 57. And I remember we played Philly in the first round. Dante likes to, you have to ask Dante if you have him on again. So we, we felt really good going into the playoffs. We felt like we were one of the three teams in the East. Like we felt like, okay, Cleveland, Boston or us, like the three of us can win this thing. Everybody else is kind of just there and they're going to fill out the eight. We, the three of us, we can, we can win the East. And we were in, I remember we lost the first game to Phil. Oh no, we it was game one. We lost to Philly or game two. Mm-hmm. No, game right? one. So, okay. So it was game one. We lost to Philly and we're like, ah, oh, crap. But like, you're not okay. Like, it, all right. They stole home court, but it's like, we still should be okay. And then we lost game three mm-hmm. on a buzzer beater. It was like Thaddeus Young hit a layup. And I, we were in Philly and we had to spend the night because we were, you know, we, when you're in the playoffs, you're in the city for extended days. So like, we're not going back home. Like we're staying in Philly the whole time. And I, <laughs> I was so angry after we lost the Philly game in game three. And I went out that night and I, boys, I tied one on. I was so mad. And I just, I just, all night long, all I kept saying, and this is anybody that was listening strangers, whatever else. I'm like, we're going to do all this all year. We're going to lose to the Sixers. Are you kidding me? Like, you got to be joking. This, like, and I was just, I just was, I just was fuming and I, and I let everybody know it till like four in the morning. I just was, I wasn't having it. And so. Sounds like uh, me, George. (laughs) On a Tuesday? (laughs) On a Tuesday? Yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. (laughs) So, you know, so we go, so we go back, we, we play game four, Hito hits the big shot in game four. And once, once Hito hit that big shot in game four, we knew that was, we just knew that was done. Like we just knew that that series was over. Um, and even then, like, even in game six, like you kind of were a little nervous because, you know, because Dwight got suspended because of the technicals um, and we were missing somebody else. I don't remember who, but uh, Courtney, Courtney was out because uh, he got dinged by Dwight's elbow. So he was still yeah. not playing at that point. You know, so JJ Reddick and Marchin Gortat were starting and Marchin had probably the best game of his career. Like yeah. to this day, probably had the best game of his career that night. We beat the Sixers. Uh, and then we, and then we had that run against the Celtics, which was a great series. Uh, you know, all the numbers were against us in the Boston series to, to not win that series. Uh, I think they were 32 or 31 and 0 or 32 and 0 when they host a game seven in a playoff series all time in, you know, in Boston and we dump truck them. And my wife was there, which was great. Cause I, I, we flew, my wife flew up for the, I flew my wife up for the game for game seven. And, and just to, you know, Boston's a tough place to play. Like those fans are, they're knowledgeable and they're rowdy uh, and they are into it and they love their Celtics. And they never had a shot to get into the game. I mean, we hit them in the mouth from the jump ball. Uh, Hito was awesome. And Dwight was awesome. And Ab, we just, JJ. I, yeah. JJ was great. I mean, all our guys, I mean, Petrus hit big shots that night. We get, we could not miss that night. And we just, I mean, we dump trucked them good. And uh, that was a great feeling. And then, you know, like the Boston series, 
I think scared us more than the Cleveland series. I think, I think we really felt like that we could match up with Cleveland, you know, as good as anybody, if not better, because they really had no answer for Richard or Turk. Like you could put LeBron on one of them, but you couldn't put LeBron on both of them. And so whatever direction you went, the other guy is going to get you like, and, and they also like, listen, Dwight was doing his thing and and he was fantastic against Ilgauskas, um, but they really had no answer. They, they really had no matchup answer for, for the Richard and Hito three, four combo. They just didn't. Um, and honestly, like, I think everybody believes and I do too. Like if LeBron doesn't hit that crazy shot at the end of game two, like we sweep them, we, yeah. we would, we would have swept them. And that would have been, instead of having the series go six, like we would have, we would have swept them. That would have been the end of them. Um, but then to make it to the finals, the, the thing about 09, like, and that was a great run, but the advantage that LA had over us is that they had been there before. Um, you know, they had been there the year before. And so the finals, I mean, none of our guys had experienced that before. Um, the lights are brighter. The, the interviews are longer. Um, the, the goal, the goal, the goal aren't called. yeah okay well yeah yeah it it just you know i i it it just i think the the magnitude of the finals you know it took us like i mean you could see it in game one like we just we came out and we were just starstruck of everything but we just we we and you can't afford in the playoffs you can't afford to give uh possessions away let alone games and that game one we had no like we had no shot but it really was strictly because in my opinion we just we were in awe of the finals and then if you look at the rest of the games i mean like game two was game two was game two right like nip and tuck were a missed layup away from from winning it uh game three we won we shoot the ball lights out Game four is another one where like listen free throws like we hit free throws down the end we win that Mm -hmm. one I mean, that was probably the closest five game, you know, you can look at it on paper and be like, oh, well, LA kicked Orlando's rear. Like, not really. Like we were pretty, I mean, we beat, and we also felt very confident against the Lakers too, because we had beat them twice during the year. And so uh, that's why going into 10. So like that was the fight. And then going into 10, you know, we had a different team. Well, you know, we had Vince Carter. uh, We didn't have Hito. And so you did feel like, I did. I, I do feel like that team was better. I, I feel like we, and, and the same thing, we were, we hit our stride going into the playoffs. We killed, you know, we dump trucked Charlotte, we dump trucked uh, Atlanta, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. And so like, we're just on this, I mean, we're just on this roll. I, we're just, and, and the games are not close. They're not close. And so we had felt like if we get LA again, or if we get to the finals again, that's it. Like it's going to be game over because we're, we're not going to have that same feeling going in. Like we know now what the finals are and we know what they bring and we know the magnitude of it. And I, and you know, Boston just, they snuck, they, they, you know, those two games were just like is one possession games. And it just, it stinks because I really do think, I, I do think we were a better team than the Lakers that year. Cause the Lakers ended up winning the championship yeah. again in, in 10 and I don't think that would have happened again. We would have had home court advantage against the Lakers that year, uh, as opposed to the way it was the year before where LA had it against us. Um, I, I, that is definitely a, a missed opportunity 
uh, that I long for <laughs> to this day. And I probably will till I'm dead. Um, because you just don't, I mean, you see it now, like you just, these, these, these opportunities, when you have them, you try, you got to try to seize them if you can, because they just, they're not guaranteed. You don't know what's going to happen. And then look at it since, I mean, we haven't been to the conference finals or the conference semifinals since, you know, since 2010, that's a, for somebody like me, that's a long, that's a long, it's a long time, man. That's a, it's a long time to, to go through it. But, um, those were two, I mean, two great, great, great magic teams, great magic team with great guys, all of them, great guys, really good. And the thing is, in 2010, we we weren't a surprise that year. People knew what to expect. And not just that, they also had, uh, because Kevin Garnett was missing in 2009. And he was a factor in 2010, wasn't he? He definitely was. But I think, Mikey, you're right. I think like going in 09, nobody expected anything of the magic. Like we were just in the way of the puppet show. Like it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We were just in the way of LeBron versus Colby in the finals. We were just there. Hey, it's nice. Orlando made the conference finals. Who cares? They didn't really take us seriously. Whereas the next year, you're right. Like we're not sneaking up on anybody. Everybody knows we're for real and everybody knows we're coming. Um, And it just, that's yeah. Kevin Garnett was a factor. I, I still think, you know, if we had to do it over again, you take those two teams. I just, I just don't think <laughs> I, I'm biased, obviously, because I bleed magic blue and and that's what I, you know, I obviously I, that's who I root for. But um, yeah, I, I, if we had that series again, it would not turn out the same. It just wouldn't. George, the um, 2010 team, which you said you preferred to the 2019, if you put that against the 95 team, who would win, Ooh, in your boy. opinion? Uh, that 95 team was stacked. Uh, it, it's, it's yeah. nah, it, boy, that's, you put me on the spot, Grant. I, I, it, that's, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, they would fight to the death. <laughs> would, no, that 95, I mean, that 95 team was so good. Uh, you know, Penny and Nick and Dennis Scott and Horace, and, and that's such a balanced team, such a great, that's an interesting one, though. I, I do think the 95 team was probably better, yeah. but it's also a different era of ball, too. Like, it's a completely yeah. different era of basketball um, 14 years later against against the, you know, against that other team. It's just it's a different style. I don't know. You know, like we had better shooters on the 2009 and 10 team than they did yeah. in, uh, you know, 95 because like Penny Nick well, and Dennis. Yeah. Yeah, you had Nick and you had Dennis, and Penny could shoot. You know, Penny would hit the three too. Um, but like you, you, you take our the other teams. I mean, you got Dwight. I mean, uh, you know, Jameer, Jameer, Dwight. I mean, I keep saying Dwight, Jameer, Richard, Hito, uh, JJ, you know, and JJ, and yeah. Courtney Lee was thirty eight percent. Like you know, we had we had a lot of shooters uh, on those two thousand nine two thousand ten teams. That really, you know, that's a tough. It's a tough match. You know, I, I don't know if Horace could go out and guard Richard, you know, I, 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 mm. I don't know if that, if that had like Horace was good, like down on the block and 15 feet and out. Like if you've got to send Horace out to now, like he, he'll see this and be like, oh, are you kidding me? Like I can guard any of those. <laughs> <laughs> he can come on. We'd be happy for him to come on and debate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, you know, like that's a good, that's a good, It'd be that's a good video game, uh, right? Can't yeah. you do that on yeah. the video games? Yeah. Put in, put in who who plays who and let them go at it, right? Yeah. That's a good video game question. 
Yeah, that'd be interesting. Be interesting. So we uh, record again on Sunday, May the second, with uh, UK Magic fan Chris Page. Um, before that time, we have five games to play. So we start off um, with a visit from the Indiana Pacers on Sunday. It's a one AM tip here in the UK. Second night of a back to back for the Pacers. Um, they beat us two weeks ago. They've got some significant injuries to Sabonis, Turner and uh, TJ Warren, who are all out for their game tonight. We then have the Lakers on Monday, our back-to-back. Um, Anthony Davis is likely to be back. No LeBron. Uh, we'll see where we go with them. Then it's the Cavs on Wednesday night, midnight tip here in the UK. Probably, arguably the most significant game we've got this week in consideration of the lottery positions. Um so far this season, when we have beat, we have played the Cows twice. We've won, um, and to the moment, game day seven. And I know a lot's changed, but that's our least points conceded in the game and our largest margin of victory against any team this season against the Cows. Uh, Friday we have the Grizzlies. Uh, One AM tip here in the UK. Uh, they've only got uh, Mr. Valanciunas out on uh, their injury report. It's our first meeting of the season with the one-man highlight reel that is Yarmaran. Um, we play them on a back-to-back. First time is Friday in uh, Memphis and then back in the Amway on Saturday. Again, a 1am tip. And they were interesting. One of those teams that have got a better road record than they have home. So, predictions, guys. Wait, hold uh, on. Let me ask you guys a question. So, when these games tip off at midnight and 1am, like, are you watching yeah. them live or what? how are you watching these games over there? Shall we be honest? Yes. It depends how well the team are doing. <laughs> at, this moment, <laughs> at this moment in time, I am honestly a get up in the morning and watch it once the league pass has been edited. Okay. <laughs> Normally. Right, how, well, how long does it take to watch an edited game? Uh, about hour, hour, hour 40. Hour and 40. Hour and 45, something that nature. Okay. Um, normally, the uh, I've got to be honest, I think when it's pre-COVID times, the, the in-game entertainment was better. The whole programming sure. was better to watch yeah. live. It's sure. not as entertaining to watch live at the moment. So I'm... I think most of us are uh, asleep. I was just curious now, morning. like what, now, if the team's <laughs> However, doing better, if the team's doing better, what are you doing? Are you staying up? At, are you oh, waiting yeah. until midnight yeah, we one a.m. and I watching? Think we, and I think we, when we qualified for the playoffs in uh, the 2018-19 season, yeah, I think we were all up watching the Boston game. Everybody yeah. was up. Then what happens um, at work? What happens at work the next day, fellas? Like coffee. you, you guys fight just, through. You <laughs> fight through. <laughs> power through. Loads okay. of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> or Bud Light I'm retired grand, right yeah, <laughs> if you're grand you take another Bud Light there you go yeah. that's the worst say, who cares I'm retired <laughs> oh there you go right well, I, just, I was just curious However, reading off I these will, times I'm like oh my gosh that's late <laughs> I will tell you George that um, a good percentage of the people who watch and listen to this are staying up we have some real hardcore fans yeah, who right. are it, it, even if it's a West Coast game uh, tipping off at 3-4 in the morning Oof. they will be up watching yeah, because that's still for watching. me, and I'm in the states. And and they're talking on Twitter in a group that we've got set up. They're okay. talking amongst one another. Yeah, so right. it's very active. Good to know. Good yeah. to know. Twitter's funny because yeah. we see the old comments, don't we, from some of our followers in the states, and they'll go, <laughs> "Oh no, we've got a 10 a.m. Uh, 10 p.m. tip off tonight." I'm feeling, yeah, I feel really <laughs> yeah. sorry for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will yeah. never complain. I will never complain about the 10 or 10:30 <laughs> well, tip off again. Yeah, I will never Will's complain. Smallest violin. <laughs> Never complain again. No way. So, George, what do you see us doing this week? 
What, 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 well, you can do you, you don't have to wear your Orlando Magic hat if you don't want. You can't I, be I, you know, I think it's I think it's going to be tough. I, you know, it depends on who we can get back uh, yeah. from the injury report that you that yeah. you read off so beautifully at the beginning. Like, uh, you know, we're we're a different team when let's say you know James Ennis and Terrence Ross and mm-hmm. Wendell Carter Jr. If those guys are healthy, it, we it just allows. Cliff a little more flexibility on on who to play and how long to play minutes and where to play guys. I mean, we the way things are. I mean, we've had so many games this year where we're asking guys to do things that they've never done in their basketball yeah. career. I'm never. Um, you know, we're asking James Ennis to play power forward. We're asking Chuma to play 32 minutes. You know, these are there's a lot of things that we've asked guys to do as the year's gone on that they're not used to doing. So I think I think a lot of it will depend on. Who, you know, who's able to, who's able to suit up that night? Are we going to have our full contingent of guys? You know, if we're going to have our full contingent of guys, then, you know, we'll give some of these teams a run. We'll, we'll, we'll play hard. And, and hopefully, you know, like I said before, like Cliff is going to prepare um, and have these guys ready to win. They were, you know, prepared to win and, and, and it's going to be on them then at that point to, to translate it to the court. Marky. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm gonna go five and oh. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> Sorry. Um, hey. I'm, I'm gonna go glass half full, one and four. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, God damn. Who, who are we beating? Um, I actually think we're gonna beat the Grizzlies. I think we're gonna beat them in one of the one of the back to back games. Um, we've won three straight. Um, they've they're five and five in the last 10 games, and like we said, Valentunas isn't playing so. We might have a better chance of rebounding the ball with him not playing, so that might be a slight advantage. Um, yeah, I mean, in fairness, mate, he could be back because it's only concussion. I say only concussion. Uh, <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> only. after missing, he the might not be able to do the it. podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, mate. He won't do the, po- the post game interviews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear I haven't really set myself up again I want to yep. so you're going yeah. one and four yeah G between one and four and two and three you um, already said we're beating the Lakers yes we're beating yeah, the right? Los you Angeles Lakers. Lakers that was the one um, I, I don't know if Anthony Davis is going to play I think they might just take it easy with him so you know he could be down to you know load management so is hoping, and that's the one team I'd like to beat out of the 20, uh, 29 other teams in the NBA. So let's go with a win against the Lakers and possibly the Cavs. Um, but to be safe, and because this is a competition, I'll go one and four. <laughs> You, so you guys keep track. You keep tracking oh, predictions, yeah. and you yeah. see. All right, so who's yeah. winning? The, who's winning? Do we get to hear after you make your predictions? Who's winning? Grant's winning. Yeah, even yeah, though Grant's was, drunk the whole time, he's still yeah. winning. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how he wins. Maybe that's the key. That's how he wins. Yeah, <laughs> you guys yeah. are playing this all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking at the predict. We're looking at it seriously. G just goes, "Hey, how drunk am I? <laughs> how many beers have I had? That's how many I'm going with. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> that's how many we're I, I'm liking his strategy better than you guys. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is he, uh, Grant? Oh, are you far ahead? Are you way ahead? It's, uh, no, it's, but it's t- close. You're two in front, two mate. Two ahead. Two ahead. Yeah, you've yeah. got you've you've got five, and the 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 English contingent have uh, both got three. That's a pretty yeah. yeah. Two this late is pretty good. 
It's about the only yeah. thing Wales win, though, isn't it, G? Hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. There. You're right there. Well, as usual, I'm going different to you, Pair. I'm uh, being more confident. I think that we beat the Cavs, and I also think we take one against Memphis. And I'm thinking, I do fancy us against the Lakers because we do tend to do quite well against them at times. The season record, so I'm going three and two. Let's say, let's go for a good week. Are you drunk as well? <laughs> it's all the heroin I do. So, no. Paul, just, Paul just took this thing to a whole different level. Yeah, yeah I'm not that every week. I was towing the line, and Paul Paul just went right off the rails. Oh, oh man! No. <laughs> if there's a line, I'm always beyond it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, make sure that everybody, as we come to the close, let's just say, please, everybody who's if you're not following us on our socials, please make sure that you are doing Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, check out the website. If you are shopping, I'm going to make a shameless plug. Please use our affiliate links off the website or off the socials because it helps us pay for what we do here. Um, and if you are shopping, also use the Magic UK 10 discount code for 10% off uh, Fanatics and NBA Store Europe, but some exclusions may apply. Um, so, George, Thank you so, so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. It really has. No, it's my pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. And Mikey, Garen, thank you, uh, as always, for your company. And until next time, Magic fans, let's go Magic.